3: the ties that bind. Blessed indeed for, without our closest relationships, what a lonely and desolate place this world would be. We all forge bonds that last a lifetime, that even death cannot sever. But what can we do about a loved one who is lost? Not to death, but to the unknown.
1: Mrs. Blitzo, we've come just about as far as we can safely go.
2: But we're so close. I'm not going to stop now. Well, uh, the trail gets steeper from this point on. It's, uh, it's too dangerous. You can turn back if you wish, Mr. Hodges. My husband and I intend to push on until we find out what has happened to our daughter.
1: Uh, please, before you make that decision, I think I ought to warn you. There's something about this mountain I didn't tell you. <gasps>
3: Our mystery drama, High Kaketa, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Percy Granger and stars Marion Sodas and John Beale. It's sponsored in part by ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine, and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. helpless it makes us feel when even the certainty of death is denied us what is left to live in hope but after a while hope can become its own kind of prison and then what either we must accept a fatalistic point of view or take the only initiative open to us morning
2: Miss Bledsoe. anything for us today andy yeah listen to the market here bills and mr Bledsoe's book club selection huh? is that all uh, I'm pretty sure, so. but maybe you missed something. Airmail is so thin. Or maybe she just wrote a postcard. Are you, Are you sure there isn't anything at all, Miss Bledsoe? May
1: I ask you a favor? What? I've walked this route for a long time, known you folks a lot of years. Ever since she was a baby. I know that, Andy. It's just, it's, well, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't be down here anymore by your mailbox when I come along. It just ruins my day to have to give you the same news. But we haven't heard a word from Jill in six
2: months. I'm sure that as soon as the State Department finds out anything, they'll let you know. They don't care. They're not interested. You don't know that. After all, where was it she disappeared? In South America someplace, wasn't it? The Andes Mountains. In Ecuador. Oh, yeah.
1: That's a pretty isolated terrain, isn't it? Even worse than the backwoods in New Hampshire here.
2: And wild, too. Oh, I'm sure if the government had really wanted to. They could have found her by now.
1: Honey, the mail come?
2: Yes. And? Nothing. Not a word from her, not a word from anyone. Silence.
1: Oh. oh, my book clips are actually, Jane. My old colleague, Professor Morrison's latest work. Latin American perspective. Song. I want to talk to you. But I'm already late for work.
2: Have you stopped caring that Jill has disappeared?
1: I don't see what more we can do, Margaret. We've written the State Department, our congressman, our senator. They've assured us they're doing all they can to find her. But I don't think they are.
2: Something's wrong somewhere. The first time I wrote the State Department, they answered me within two weeks, remember? And They've been able to trace Joe's movements to that city in Ecuador, Arabella in there with the American consulate just like they ask all Americans traveling in remote places to do so that if something happens to them they know where to start making inquiries now that was four months ago and since then we've heard nothing not a word we've written them over and over all our and letters have been answered Answers? you call these answers? they're form letters it's meaningless sincerity because they haven't anything to tell us why not? I don't know. Well, I think there's something very deliberate going on. Jill was a strong, healthy 23-year-old girl. She'd lived in South America for three years. She traveled there. She knows how to take care of herself. A girl like that just doesn't vanish. I I think we're facing a, a conspiracy. Oh, Margaret, that's unfair. Conspiracy oh, it... of indifference or incompetence. I don't know which is worse. We're just the little people who have to pay attention to us. Now, you're not at a town meeting, Meg. You don't Why have... are people always away from their desks? when I call. Why do my calls go unreturned? Either something is going on, or Nothing is going on, and I'm just at the end of my patience. Well, what else can we do? We can go down to Washington ourselves. You mean in person? What's the name of that man we've been writing to? Yes, Carl Cobb, Special Assistant in Latin American Affairs. Watch wow, look at this? even in the replies he's dimming to make us even his signature is rubber you know, I sometimes wonder if people like this even exist.
1: Of course they do. What more can he possibly tell us in person than he than he's told us already?
2: Well, that's what I want to go to Washington to find out. Look at the size of this building. Don, you don't have to whisper. It's our state department. We helped pay for it, didn't we? I wonder if anyone ever gets lost in all
1: these corridors. Oh, sorry. That was a bad choice, of course. Are
2: you watching on your side for Mr. Cobb? You
1: know, a building this size uses as much electricity as the entire city of
2: Troy, New York. Here it is. 212. Mr. Cobb? Well,
1: there's no one here.
2: Mr. Cobb?
1: Uh, oh, yes, yes, right here. Um uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bledsoe, is that right? Yes. Uh, Carl Cobb. When they called me from the front desk, I just went in the next room there to pull your daughter's file. You have a file on Jill? Oh, yes, yes, of course. At the time she disappeared, she was traveling under a passport issued by our department, and that makes her our responsibility. Let's see. Donald and Margaret Bledsoe. Is that correct? And your daughter's name was Jill. What? I beg your pardon? You said was. I did? Why? Oh, I, I I'm... No, I'm really terribly sorry. Just a figure of speech. Without thinking.
2: Hmm. Mr. Cobb, my husband and I have given down here all the way from Peterborough, New Hampshire. Oh, well, you're in New England, is that? And we want to know what is being done to find our daughter.
1: Uh, the disappearance of U.S. citizens traveling abroad is a regrettable occurrence. Our last communication from her was from Arabella, Ecuador. Uh, well, in most cases, there's a... Li- Did you say Arabella? Yes, I looked it up on the map. It's at the foot of Mount Caceta in the Andes. Yes, uh, of course. Yes, that's what it says right here in the file, Arabella. I remember now. Well, anyway, in most cases, there is little we can do beyond passing on what information we have to the local authority. We sent you photographs and even some samples of our handwriting. Well, these would have been forwarded to our consul representatives there, uh, Mr. Raymond Hodges. Uh, yes, it's here. Here's that information. Uh, they were sent down on October 2nd of last year. And you've heard nothing from him? Well, apparently not. Uh, tell me, was your daughter with a group? No, she was traveling alone. Alone?
2: Jill's lived in Latin America for three years. She teaches school. She speaks Spanish and Portuguese fluently. She's quite able to take care of herself. You travel alone every summer. Well,
1: still, it's, it's hardly advisable. The people don't just banish. Ah, but unfortunately, sometimes they do, Mrs. Blackwell. Not know. my daughter. What's the matter was Arabella? I beg your pardon? If I'm not mistaken, you, you, you did something of a double take a moment ago when I mentioned
2: it. Well, it's nothing in particular. We didn't drive this distance to get more of a run around, Mr. Cobb. If it's necessary, we will go to your superior. Well, I, I, I just... I didn't want to alarm you unduly. Well, please do. It's better than nothing.
1: Well, this isn't the first time that the town of Arabella has appeared in our files. Over the past two years, if my memory serves me, close to half a dozen U.S. citizens have disappeared in that vicinity. What's happened to them? We don't know. But apparently it's not just U.S. citizens. Several people from other nations have disappeared there as well. Well, what does your man down there, this Mr. Hodges, have to say about all this? Nothing. Nothing. There's... For people vanished. There's no evidence. No clues. Not a trace. The only thing they seem to have in common is that they've all set out to climb Mount Carqueta. That's what Jill said she was planning to do in her last letter. But then why aren't people warned away from this mountain? Well, I'm sure they are, Mrs. Bledsoe, but for some people, a warning is an invitation I am sorry I can't tell you anything more encouraging. If we receive any word
2: at all,
3: I'll,
2: I'll of course, I'll let you know immediately. That won't be necessary, Mr. Cobb. Why not? I'm not at all satisfied by this conversation, nor is my husband. It sounds to me as if your man down there, this Mr. Hodges, isn't very much on the ball. Clearly, the only way we're ever going to find out what has happened to our daughter is to go to Arabella in person.
1: Bledsoe, I, I am terribly sorry. Have you been waiting long? <coughs> Are you Mr. Hodges? Uh, yes. Yeah, my secretary says you've been here since early this morning.
2: Then why did you ask us how long we've been waiting?
1: Oh, well, I, I'm sorry. You see, I'm something of a camera and I have been working in my dark room most of the night. Oh, well, forgive us for disturbing you, I'm sure. That's all that. <laughs> what, what can I do for you? We're the parents of Jill Bledsoe. Oh, Oh, yeah. yes, yes, of course. One of the persons who's been reported missing.
2: We'd be interested to know what steps have been taken to find her. Have search parties been sent out?
1: Uh, I'm just afraid we don't have the manpower for that.
2: What about the local police?
1: Uh, their responsibility ends at the city limits.
2: You mean in all these months, nothing has been done at all?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. When she checked in here, she told me they were planning to backpack up the Ogaldi Gorge on Mount Cacada now. Anything could have happened. They? What? You said they? Yes. Someone was with her? Yes, a rather striking looking young fellow. A boy. She didn't mention that in that letter. Who was this person? Well, I don't know. He looked somewhat Scandinavian, you know, tall, fair hair, very pale skin. And that's the thing I remember about him. He was quite hot at the time, but he seemed totally unaffected. But despite the sun, he wasn't tanned at all.
2: Did he disappear, too? I don't know. I haven't seen him since. Well, that's not like Jill at all, to take up with a stranger. Well, maybe he was someone she knew. Well, she never kept any secrets from us. How did this seem to
1: you, Mr. Hodges? Uh, it's uh, not up to me to speculate on their relationship. But it did seem as if she were, so to speak, under this
3: man's spell. The deeper one digs, the more digging one often finds there is to do. Examine an open and shut case closely enough. And just possibly you will find a crack in the door. Jill Bledsoe's fate is nothing if not a mystery. But it did seem there was nothing more that could be done to everyone except her parents. And now the question is how much further will they be wise to pursue it? I'll return shortly with Act Two. <laughs> wandered the fabulous byways of the world and asked only that its wonders be to him unfurled. So sang the medieval troubadour, and so have many souls with wanderlust in their hearts sung since. But when traveling, one does well to choose companions wisely. Just who was this young man who was with Jill Bledsoe when she vanished? Was he also a victim? Or was he perhaps the cause of her disappearance.
2: Mr. Hodges, you permitted our daughter to go up that mountain with a strange man. Uh, I
1: run a consulate here, Mrs. Bledsoe, not not, not a beating. But you said there was something suspicious about him. I said he was a foreigner of some sort, yes, but there, there was nothing menacing about him. Excuse me, what do you mean by... Some sort of foreigner? Nothing, nothing, only that I couldn't specifically locate his accent, and that's a hobby with me. I pride myself in usually being able to tell where people are from by the way
2: they talk. But Jill wasn't the first person to disappear on that mountain. Couldn't you have warned them?
1: I did tell them I thought it was uh, ill advised, yes. And you're sure that you'd never seen this man before? No. Well, at least I didn't think so at the time. So you have? No. But he did seem familiar to me in some way. I mean, I, I
2: began to think, well, maybe I had, but uh, I'm sure I haven't. You're not making a great deal of sense, Mr. Hodges. Well,
1: copies of Jill's photograph are in the hands of the local authorities. Uh, you can speak to them if you like, but they'll tell you the same thing. Uh, people who have gone up Mount Kikata have vanished without a trace. I am
3: sorry
2: you've made your trek here for nothing. Well, we certainly don't intend to go home now, Mr. Hodges. What do you mean? You say that she and this man went up the Algalda Gorge.
1: You want to climb Mount Kikita yourself? We're New Englanders. We're quite used to climbing mountains. In fact, we're prepared for that eventuality by bringing our own camping equipment with us. Well, the, uh... The Andes are not the Green Mountains, Mr. Bledsoe.
2: We are not going home until we find out what happened. there are
1: Indians, the Andu, who live in the jungles and the upper slopes, and so they are completely uncivilized and they're very dangerous. Forgive me again, Mr. Hodges, but I read a very interesting book on the plane trip down, Latin American Perspective. I'm sure you're familiar with the book. Uh, uh, yes. you know it describes the Andu as a small and quite peaceful tribe. Now, perhaps you'd be so kind as to direct us to a store where we can buy some supplies. I'll come with you. Thank you, but that's not necessary. I mean with you up Mount Kikata. Oh? Why? Well, I, uh, I've never been up there, and I think that under the circumstances, it is time that I went. We're quite capable of taking care
2: of ourselves.
1: In that case, I must insist that I accompany you. (laughs) You were right, Mr. Hodges. These he's out, then you have some mountains we you. used to. <laughs> Margaret, how are you doing up there? Are
2: you stopping to rest again?
1: Just give me a minute to catch my breath. Uh, it is a beautiful country, isn't it? I, I can see why our daughter loved it so much. Still completely wild. But a mark of civilization as far as the eye can see. The sun will be setting soon. I wonder how much longer it'll take us to get to the top. Well, there's no point in going all the way to the top. This gorge ends about half a mile up. Hey, that's as far as anyone goes. Oh? Yeah, there is a campsite there. We can spend the night, and if we find nothing, well, we'll start back down in the morning. I thought you said you'd never been up here before. John, look.
2: Where? Down in the gorge, in the rocks by the stream. What is it? Something glittering. There's something down there. Don't you see it? Well,
1: my eyesight's
2: never been a patch
1: on yours, man. No,
2: I'm sure. I see a little bit of color. Something man-made. <laughs> right. Look. It's
1: a little American flag. How odd. It's, it's the kind of flag backpackers often attach to their knapsacks yeah. to identify their nationality. Oh,
2: Guys, this flag belonged to Jill.
1: Oh, Margaret, Jill isn't the only this American.
2: hers. I know it. Oh, look here. Don't you recognize this? The pin attached
1: to it? Well, it looks more like a brooch. Why, that, that is the pin I gave her the day she left, three years ago, when she first came to South America
3: to teach.
2: <laughs> you see. Please, Mr. Hodges, it isn't like trying to find a needle in a haystack. There is hope if only you make an effort. Uh, well, how did it
1: fall off? I wonder. Right? But here, you see the clasp. It's got a safety catch on it. Ah, uh, couldn't it have uh, just slipped open? No. no, I specifically bought a pin that couldn't fall off or, or be stolen. It, it would have to be unclasped deliberately. But why would Jill have done that? Well, what if she knew she was in danger? And left this as a marker. Well, that is, uh, that's pretty far-fetched, don't you think so, Mr. Bledsoe? Is it? Meg, Mr. Hodges has suggested we might want to call off our search about a half mile up when the gorge stops. Why? Well, it, it's all jungle. After that, almost all the way up to the top, it is virtually impenetrable. Mr. Hodges, you never had a chance to answer the question I asked you. You told us you'd never been up here. I haven't. How do you know there's a campsite at the end of the gorge? Our limits common knowledge.
2: Yes, Don. Now, the important thing is to keep going. There's no time now to get practice. But if he's never been up here, how does
1: he know it's a half mile from here to the end of the gorge? Well, all right. I have been up here before, but just once, and it was a number of years ago. I wasn't in government service then. I, uh, I was with an anthropological expedition. Why did you lie to us? I lied because I hoped you change your mind. We're prepared to keep going until we find out what happened to our door. Yeah, now, but before you say that, I should tell you about this mountain. In the first place, it's volcanic.
2: Yes, climbing up the side of a volcano. But
1: surely it's extinct. I, I mean, if there, there are jungles growing on the slope. It is almost extinct. Almost? I, I suppose the technical designation is inactive. Now, the crater contains a a botanical phenomenon uh, due to an atmospheric quirk which creates rain clouds over the area almost daily. Now, there's a forest in the crater which uh, is even denser than the jungles and the slope. So it's like a a rainforest.
2: Yes. That doesn't sound particularly dangerous. I think we're wasting time. It's getting dark. We should push on to the campsite.
1: But there is a danger. Beneath the foliage, the crater floor is laced with thin crevices, uh, some of them dropping down to the very root of a volcano. Now, periodically, gas escapes from these holes, and the gas is, of course, poisonous. Do
2: you think that Jill climbed all the way to the top and... And
1: either inhaled some of the gas or slipped in one of the crevices? Well, yes, that is a
3: possibility.
1: Only a possibility?
2: Well, I don't see that it's going to do us any good to just stand around here speculating.
3: Just a moment,
1: May. I don't think Mr. Hodges has told us everything. He said he was up here with an anthropological expedition. Uh, Yes. Well, anthropologists aren't interested in rainforests and volcanoes. Their province is the living creature. Specifically, living creatures like us, humans, the science of man. Uh, That's right, Mr. Bledsoe, the science of man. Well, just what was it that drew your expedition to Mount Keketa? What were they looking for? There was evidence of human life in the crater. Presumably of a tribe of Indians living deep in the thickets of the rainforest. Uh, A tribe that we have never seen. What the poisonous gas? How could a group of humans survive unless...
3: Oh, I see. That's right, Mr. Bledsoe. A merely human creature could not survive.
2: You think there's some kind of grotesque mutation up there? Uh,
1: We did, yes. The Ando Indians who live on the slopes above us here have, for several years now, told stories of the incidents, noises, rumblings, tremors, and even flashes of light in the sky over the crater. Well, it sounds like the volcano isn't as inactive as you think. The Ando are convinced the crater is inhabited by God. What did your expedition find? Well. We found no people or man-like creatures, but we did discover two things that were quite possibly man-made. First, in the center of the greater forest, we found a large open space about a hundred yards in diameter. All the foliage had been stripped away from it, as if it had been done very deliberately. And it is in the shape of a perfect circle. Like perhaps a ritual area of some kind? Uh, We took measurements. The circle is precisely to the yard in the center of the crater. That kind of precise placement was common among a number of the pre-Columbian tribes. It was all tied in with astrological calculations. But what other evidence did you find? Uh, well, uh, shards of what appeared to be an extremely primitive form of pottery. I uh, kept a piece of it myself. Here. If you want to have a look at it? Mm. <laughs> I thought of it as a good luck charm and until people started disappearing. It's made of clay, and it's clearly been baked. But there's no trace of any decorative designs. Did you have samples of this dated? Yes. The clay itself is ancient, of course, but the baking process seems to be rather recent.
2: Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if this pottery was made by some Stone Age tribe that still lives in it.
1: Odd, though, if that's the case, you should find no other traces of this tribe. Well, I think now there's another explanation. And that's what I'm coming up here to check out. And will
2: that explain what happened to Jill?
1: If I'm correct, Mrs. Bledsoe, I am afraid it will. Oh, good night. Sleep. Don, did you.
2: Mrs. Mrs.
1: What what's the matter? There's a man over there! Huh? Oh <laughs> no, it's okay, Mrs. Bledsoe! That's only one of the Anto Indians I told you about. <sighs> They're really quite harmless. Your scream probably terrified him.
2: Sleep and I I woke up and he was staring at
1: Barnes, me. Horrors, horse. <laughs> did I hear you scream? <laughs> oh, Who's that? I know that's an unto tribesman. Now, you two wait here. I want to speak to him. You know his language? Yes. Could I eavesdrop? I have an interest in linguistics. I, uh, I think not. They're really that terribly shy people. Oh. Meg, you're trembling. I
2: thought it was you. I looked up and... Oh,
1: my Meg, we've only got a moment. What? I don't like this. There's something very wrong here. I don't think we should go on. No.
2: Oh, we know we're on the right track. Why not?
1: Jill isn't the only person who's disappeared up here.
2: But with Mr. Hodges to guide us, if he's been up here before... Yeah, we
1: Yes, well, that, that's just who I don't trust. He suspects something or he knows something that he doesn't want to tell us. So why not? What are we getting ourselves into?
2: Well, let's find out. We'll just demand him out. Come back. Uh,
1: That uh, that Indian remembers seeing a girl who fits your daughter's description. Uh, They, too, spent the night here. So that man was still with her? Uh, Yes, yes. When I told him you were her parents, he asked me to convey his regrets to you. Why? He's convinced the blonde-haired man was a servant of the gods who live in the crater. And that your daughter, uh, like the others who disappeared, was taken up there as sacrifices.
2: But has he seen that? No.
1: The Antu refused to go anywhere near the crater's rim. Well, now.
2: then how can you think our daughter was would, would sacrificed? Uh,
1: the uh, flashes of light and the ground shaking I mentioned. He says they always occur just before and after people are seen being escorted up the mountains.
2: Something terrible has happened to Joe, hasn't it? Oh,
1: Meg, it's preposterous to think some person escorted her up here to her death. Don't you agree, Mr. Hodges? Uh... No, I I am not sure I can. Why not? I realize now why I thought I'd seen your daughter's companion before. Because in every party that's disappeared, there's been a person just like him. Someone with an undefinable foreign accent. Pale eyes that are strangely inexpressive and pale. Pale skin that doesn't seem to react to the hot rays of the sun
3: at all. Are still corners of this world so remote that a million years of history stand virtually undisturbed and unaffected by modern civilization. Is the crater at the top of Mount Takeda such a place? Is there a race of people living in its depths, who for reasons of their own are abducting the alien people who are our neighbors, friends, and relatives? We will discover the answer to that question when I return with our final act. What began as two parents' angry inquiry into an apparent case of bureaucratic indifference is rapidly becoming a cautious and somber confrontation with the unknown. The question Don and Meg Blitzo must now face is whether they will be able to discover what happened to their daughter without her sake becoming their own. As we rejoin the small expedition, we find them almost within reach of the rim of the crater at the top of the mysterious mountain called Caqueta. Give
1: me your hand, Margaret. We're almost
2: there. I'll be all right. It's just... It's air. It's so thin. It's just difficult to breathe.
1: Well, Here it is. (coughs) We've reached the rim. And there it is, near the rainforest. The
2: clouds look like they're just a few feet above our heads.
1: Oh, look how the mist rose, rose down right into the trees. You can't even see across to the other side. How wide is the crater? It's about five miles.
2: I think it must be the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. But like Shangri-La. I think Jill must have stood where we are now. Look down
1: uh, Shall we push on? There's a lot of jungle to cut through before we come to the clearing at the center. Before we descend into the crater, uh, Mr. Hodges, you know what we're going to find down there, don't you? No, not for certain. But you suspect... If I'm correct, I expect to discover that the shard of pottery I showed you isn't pottery at all. Well, then what is it? Just a piece of earth. Now, uh, why would that be so significant? Uh, please, please, bear with me, uh, Mr. Bledsoe. I don't want to say anything more until I'm more certain. But what are we going to find? A race of men who live beneath the ground, away from the sun?
2: Oh, what does it matter? The only important question is whether or not Mr. Hodges thinks we can discover what happened to Jill.
1: Yes, I I think I can.
2: And if what you suspect is true, will she be Alive
3: or
1: dead? Well, that, Mrs. Bledsoe, I'm afraid I won't be able to tell you. This is extraordinary. Shouldn't we be getting closer to the center? As if we've kept the straight course. Oh, I hope so. I don't relish spending the night in this stuff. Look, just ahead. I think I see a break in the tree. That's it. Oh, we're almost there. Oh, it's just like you described. A perfectly open space without so much as a blade of
2: grass. If you two pitch the tent, I'll start making supper while there's still some daylight left.
1: Yes, it's too late now to look around. Uh, excuse me for a few minutes, will you, please? I'll be right back.
2: Where is he going now?
1: I don't know. Just out into the center of the circle looks like.
2: Look. He's kneeling down. He'll be praying.
1: I can't tell.
2: Darling, you don't think he... What? That is so strange. You don't think he could be one of these people?
1: It looks like he's just examining the ground. Oh. It is odd. The earth in this open area... Hodges said the area gets 200 inches of rain a year. Now, how come this ground is so solid?
2: What's it made out of?
1: It looks like clay, but it's hard as a rock, as if it had been baked. Like pottery? Yes. So that's what he's checking. And what they discovered on their expedition wasn't pottery at all, just pieces of baked earth.
2: Draining. Yeah, we are practically on the equator.
1: Yes, but we're too high above sea level for the sun's heat to have that kind of power. Yet if the sun didn't do this,
2: what else could? Could, could the heat have come from below?
1: You mean from inside the mountain? Oh, it's about volcano, isn't it? Meg. Like I know we want to find out what happened to Jill, but I don't think it's safe to stay here.
2: I'm not leaving until I know the answer. She's
1: gone. She's lost to us, Meg. We have to accept
3: that.
2: We know that she came up this mountain, and we know she didn't go back down. Now, she has to be here somewhere, darling. She has to be.
1: That rain's making me sleepy.
2: I hope it stops by morning so we can start our search. I don't think I'll be able to sleep a bit tonight. I
1: probably won't sleep a wink either. There's something very unnatural about this place. It's too dangerous. But what's dangerous?
2: Oh, we've heard a lot of stories. you show me one concrete thing about this place that is actually dangerous. Uh, Excuse me. Oh, Oh, Hodges. (laughs) You gave us a
1: start. Uh, Sorry, but... uh... I could hear you from my tent. May I come in? Oh, sure, sure. I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but you see, I, I came over because I think I know for certain now what happened to Jill and to all the others who have vanished. I suppose you'd have to say it's so only a theory, but all the elements fit. What is it? Well, let me start from the beginning. I mentioned the other morning when we first met... Did my hobby is photography? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a fully equipped dark room in my residence, the consulate. What does this have to do with Joe? Well, after your daughter left the consulate in Arabella, I found a small metal box that apparently had been dropped by the fellow she was with. What was in it? Well, I didn't look at first. I just figured he'd be back for it. And a couple of months later I got the communication from the State Department saying you'd reported that your daughter was missing. By then, I'd forgotten about the box altogether. And it was only a few days ago that I happened to notice it on the shelf. Well, I opened it, and I saw it contained a roll of film. I shut it right away to keep the light out. And then, well, my curiosity got the better of me. I decided to develop it. Is that what you were doing when we arrived? Yes. Because I'd opened the box, most of the film was ruined. In fact, only one picture turned out. At first, it didn't seem particularly unusual, but something about it wasn't quite right. What was the picture? It looked like an ordinary photograph.
2: What's of... that? Go on. Mr. No, it's too loud. The ground's beginning to shake. It feels like the whole mountain's exploding.
1: Stop. You all right, Meg?
2: What was it? I thought the earth was going to swallow us out.
1: No. I don't think that's it. We've got to get out of here. Mr. Hodge.
2: Don, oh, look at him. Mr. Hodges, are you all right?
1: I. I wonder if it's really true then. You know what that noise was? I think I do. I wonder if they know I know. I wonder if they've come for me.
2: Who? Who's come
1: for you? Mr. Hodges, where are you going? I have to go out and see. The of you, stay here. Mr. Hodges, wait. Oh, Don, you ought to go out and see that he's all right. How do we know it isn't some kind of a trap? What do you mean? A trap to lure us outside.
2: Do you think he had something to do with your disappearance?
1: I'm not going out there.
2: Well, I'm going to have a look, then. He could be in trouble. Oh, no, Meg, don't go out there. Oh, it's better than just sitting here blind in a flimsy tent and waiting. Meg! <laughs> Meg! Oh, Meg what I... happened? Are help. you all right? Yeah, something struck me like an enormous bolt of lightning.
1: Here, lie down, darling. My, my
2: eyes are I'm blind. Hold no, 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 you, you'll be all right. It's starting again. It's starting up again. Now the feels like in
1: two. It's stopped again. How are your eyes?
2: My sight's coming back. I don't think we're
1: going to make it through
2: the night. Meg, Don, Don, are we still alive?
1: I don't know, but we're both in the same place. If we're not,
2: look, it's daylight now,
1: and the rain stopped. We must have fallen asleep. I hope that's all that happened. I don't know what to think anymore. Mr. Hodges. We should see if he's all right. Hodges? Mr. Hodges? Well, it's a lovely morning anyway.
2: Mr. Hodges? Look, his tent is open. Well, he's... He's gone. Mr. Hodges! He's vanished. Like the earth had swallowed him up.
1: very much. Gracias. What time does
2: the bus leave?
1: Not until this afternoon. You'll be able to catch a flight out of Quito tomorrow morning
2: back to the States. How did you sleep? Oh, much better, knowing we'd made it (laughs) safely back to Arabella.
1: Do you mind terribly that we'll never know for sure what happened to Jill?
2: We know that whatever it was must have been awful. That hurts. But if it's not meant for us to know, it just isn't.
1: I'm going to pay a last visit to the consulate to see if by any chance Mr. Hodges has turned up.
2: That poor man. Yes, just let me finish packing. I'll come with you. Well?
1: His secretary says there's been no sign of him. She reported his disappearance to the police and cabled the State Department.
2: Don, that role of film he was telling us about... He talked as if that might explain what happened. Do you suppose we could find it? How? His quarters are attached to the consulate. Remember, he told us that. This morning we met him, he came out of this door over here. Uh, Open.
1: Meg, this is his private house. We
2: shouldn't go in here. But if it will give us the answer we're looking for. Which room would be his dark room? Don, here it is there a light
1: switch? Yes, here. Look at all these pictures, Meg. It's hopeless. We'll never find the one he developed for the role that man dropped.
2: But if he just developed it that morning, it would be right on top, don't you think?
1: Well, most of these are photographs of the town and the mountains.
2: No, look. Now, this one's different. It looks like a photograph of the Milky Way. Yes,
1: it does, doesn't it?
2: But what's so special about it? I don't know, but, but do you remember he said that it had looked normal to him at first and it was only after he'd studied it that he saw what was so astounding about it? Yes. Do you suppose there's some kind of secret installation up there? Something no one is supposed to know about? Good Lord. What? You see?
1: Yes. I see what happened to Jill. That man she was with, the one who escorted her to the top of the mountain, he seemed strange because he was. He was from beyond our world. From outer space? These creatures must visit Earth periodically to take specimens of us. Oh, God, that doesn't No, it isn't. That open circle in the middle of the jungle, it doesn't belong to some primitive tribe.
2: It's a landing pad. Did you mean that that noise we heard last night and the rumbling we felt, that was a flying saucer landing and taking off? Yes,
1: some kind of space vehicle, anyway. And it's the heat from its engines that baked that clay. That's why there's no vegetation there. It's all been burned off.
2: But even if it was some kind of machine that landed and carried off you and the rest... How do you know it from outer space? How does this picture tell you that? You see this star here? That's our sun. And there's Saturn with its rings. And Mars. It's a photograph of the heavens taken from an observatory. So? But but that's just it,
1: Margaret. It wasn't taken from an observatory. At least not from an observatory here on Earth. You see that small dot there? That's us, Meg. That's the planet Earth. This picture was taken from someplace a hundred million light-years in space.
3: The idea that other planets in our universe are inhabited is neither new nor far-fetched. Nor is the speculation that we have been visited by inhabitants from other planets especially improbable. So, is it so bizarre to think that such a visit may be happening... At this very moment, or that some of the hundreds of people who disappear each year may literally have vanished from the face of the earth. I'll return with a final word in a moment. What goes on behind our backs is disturbing. What goes on under our very noses is incredible. What happens all around us every day is enough to stop the mind. And I'm only talking about those things which happen in the three dimensions we know about. What goes on outside those dimensions is anybody's guess. Do you know where your children are right now? Our cast included Marion Seldis, John Beale, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.